This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's time for the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips is going to be great. Presented by Telemore Do. Because when it's game time, it's telly time. Now, here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yes, indeed, a glorious afternoon in the fine city of Chicago. The Great Clips postgame show is presented by Tullamore Dew. We've got uh, a couple of phenomenal prognosticators with us. Both uh, both Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley picked the Bears to win the game, and boy, were they correct. They, gentlemen, finished 28-13. It was a great finish, and it was the finish that mattered. <laughs> it sure was. Yep. It sure was, Molly, man. It was fun to watch, Pat. It was fun to watch them play this game against the Detroit Lions. It came out fast, started fast, scored seven points on the first drive, took the starting kickoff right down the field, had a little bit of a lull, but then they came back, uh, dominated at the end of the game. The defense surely dominated in the second half, and we talked about them having, Pat, more talent when you looked at their roster, having guys who could actually finish, who could actually close games. And I think that's what we saw today at the end of the game. Yeah, you know, to me, the story is the defense. The second half defense coming out, starting with uh, three straight, three and outs, when we kind of felt the momentum have swung. and We were nervous they were going to come back at the second half and put more points on the board between those two possessions, and they stopped them. And they kept this offense, which was sputtering with short fields. I'm sure we'll break that down later and maybe question some of the play calls, but – this, to me, is all about this defense. They shut down the number two offense in the NFL down to 13 points. And then, Mully, they, uh, he, they gave the ball away three times to the Bears. Yep, they got absolutely. their three takeaways. Yeah. Um, but just the defense, man, they're really coming together. And I think you saw at the end in those game, oh, those, those finishing situations, the importance of Montez Sweat. He got a sack, and he helped two other guys get sacks. Um, you know, it's just – it's nice to see, guys. It's fun to go into a game and a pregame like we talked about all that we thought they would win, and they went out there and actually played well. And we talked about Matt Eberflus talking about finishing, and they did it. And they did it all the way across the board, and that was good to see. And this, this thing is really trending in the right direction with these last two wins. And I think that given the fact the Bears came out and they scored 10 points and you liked where they were at in the game, and then they had this sequence where – I mean, it was awful. They they had a uh, a third and two, which they didn't convert, and they came back on fourth down, and they got super cutesy, and they got stuffed, and that pretty much they stopped playing for a while. That that was the last we saw of their offense in the first half of the game, 
and you saw Detroit come back at that point, score a couple touchdowns, take a 13-10 lead, and you worried about the second half and how they were going to start the second half. And you said it. Second half was all Bears defense. It was all it was all the Bears defense. And you get to the end of the game and beware the closer. How do you close games with defensive ends and cornerbacks? And the Bears have a defensive end, and they look like a completely different team than the one we saw earlier in the year. They look like a really dangerous team right now. And if I'm a, if I'm another team in the league, I'd want no part of them. Oh, I agreed, and I think it's fortunate the Bears are, have some of the some of the teams on their schedule at the end of the year that seem even easier than Detroit. Right, they're nine and three yep. team, and they they handled a nine and three team in the NFL. Uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion now. Does this kind of save Matt Eberflus's job? Uh, you know, but if they continue doing this, like I said in the pregame show a couple of weeks ago, I had him gone, and then what I've seen the last couple of weeks, and especially today. Uh, they've shown a lot of improvement, and Coach Eberflus keeps dialing up some darn good game plans, some timely blitzes, some timely run stops, things like that that just uh, that, that, that gets me impressed, and these guys are playing hard. Yeah, they come out, right, and they go three and out in that second half, and you guys talk about the defense, but the offense does go 12 plays, and they go 65 yards in five minutes, right? And yep. they tie the game up, right? So, so it, was, it was team, the team just, we talked about finishing, we talked about when you looked at this game, when you put the rosters up side by side with Frank Ragnow out, with Aline McNeil out, you said that, okay, this Bears team is a better team, I think, today. They're a better team at home than the Detroit Lions. But can they prove it? Can Coach Eberflus get his guys to win a game and then hold on to the lead late and, and really dominate? And that's what they did today. Yes. And you got to give them all their credit in the world. Now, we'll get into talking about their matchups against other teams and how they actually match up. Uh, you know, against the Lions, they match up well. They showed that even when they're in Detroit. So, so this game, though, uh, when you looked at it, you said they should win this football game, right? You don't lose to your two best players in the middle of your offensive defense and act like you're, nothing's wrong, right? Like nothing happened. We'll be good. Don't worry about it. No, you lost your, your all-pro center and you lost your best D tackle. Of course something's going to be missing. So Chicago Bears went out there and won a game I thought they should have won, mm -hmm. played well, and Montez Sweat finished at the end, but so did Brisker, right? Yep. When you talk about that play, yep. Pat and Mully, when you talk about that play, that fourth down play to DJ Moore, didn't like it at all with mm -hmm. Getsy, yep. right? Did not like the call at all, but the first thing you're thinking is, are we good enough to overcome this hmm. nowadays? And you saw that Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of the field on fourth down, you got to make that play to make that fourth down play go away. Right, you have to make those plays. You're making seventy million dollars, but that's just an example of later in the game he did make the plays. Later in the game they did close. Later in the game the guys you're paying money to came out and showed you how to. What is the definition of finished games? They did it. Yeah, it it was. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but it had kind of a special feeling about it. It had, you know, to to see the Bears win a game like that. And it was a very physical football game. There were a lot of big hits on both sides over the course of the game. And frankly, I was getting worried that some of their, their better finesse players were taking some big shots in that game, including the quarterback and including DJ Moore. And it seemed like he was uh, limping at one point after his third carry. We hadn't seen him used as a running back, and all of a sudden he's being used as a short yardage back. It, it was just weird. And, uh, and yet he scored a touchdown in the first half, and then they scored that touchdown on the free play 
uh, I guess the Lions never overcame the idea that it was uh, not uh, – he wasn't being called for a penalty there when he threw the ball while falling down. I, I don't know what you guys thought of that play, but they certainly couldn't move beyond it. They jump off sides, free play. D.J. Moore made a great move on, on the, on the uh, defensive back, and they score a touchdown. Great. Uh, a, a couple things there. Is, uh, first, we'll start with D.J. Moore. i got to give Luke Getze credit because we've been crying – or not crying. We've been asking – for more targets or finding ways to get him the ball. Well, he's doing it. Well, we, we can argue the uh, the fourth down play to get him the ball, but the, the reverse for the touchdown was great. Yep. The, the, the end yep. around that he had, I think it was like a little four or five-yard gain, but you're getting the ball in your playmaker's hands now, and I I, I got I to applaud him for that, and I like that. But the other thing is, guys, they scored 28 points. They still left a lot out there. So as a coach, when you bring him in the room, it's a lot easier to break the film down after a win. You're feeling better about yourself, but there's still a lot of things that they can improve on, Justin Fields included. O-line's protection was – struggling early uh, a little bit in the run game as well but there were a lot of points out there that that you know this should have been even more of a blowout so if you're if you're looking at it through a coach's eye that's the way I would you know talk to those guys like listen this is what we left out here and we got things to work on congratulations on the win but uh, there's still things offensively that that they need to improve on to get to the level the way the defense played today yeah hey Molly like you mentioned uh, Aiden Hutchinson jumps off sides right there the Lions yeah. Uh, and then followed by a fumble snap, but he jumps and DJ Moore. And I think it was Will, I forget his last name, uh, in the uh, pregame show from Detroit told us that, that Jerry Jacobs, uh, you know, watch for him if he gets matched up on DJ Moore. It might be a problem for the Lions. And sure enough, who does DJ Moore run by on that play, right? And, yes. and, and credit the Bears. I think they were just trying to draw him off sides. And I think they would take a shot if they jumped. Hmm. Uh, it was fourth and 13, right? Yeah. And, yes, and they draw them the Aiden Hutchinson, and then Lucas Patrick heads up, snaps the ball, and and look, that's just that's just talking about that situation that Bears. I, I'm interested to hear what Ibraflus talks about in his post game if that was the situation they had practiced. That hmm. they'll they'll go for it if they jump, snap it, and just uh, everyone's that can all go special. And DJ Moore runs right by him, and uh, Justin Fields throws the ball, uh, great pass. But we're talking about finishing. We're talking about guys making plays. That's two weeks in a row. Fields to DJ Moore changes the game at the yes. end of the game. Montez Sweat changes the game at the end of the game. Right? We talk about players, not plays in those moments. So it was good to see them make that play. No Sweat. I mean, uh, no doubt when Sweat is on the field. That guy has made them a significantly better defense. He really was the missing piece. And, you know, you, you think about the trade they made for Claypool and what a disaster that was. They double down and they make this trade and then they give the guy $100 million. Worth every penny. Mm -hmm. That guy is a hell of a football player and helped in, in a lot of different ways. He is what you talked about, Olin, in terms of the word multiplier. Definitely. It's definitely what he is. And different than Chase Claypool, right? When you heard about Chase Claypool leaving Pittsburgh, they didn't want him anymore. Right? right, the commanders wanted Montez Sweat when you talk to people from Washington. So it, it was a different trade for Ryan Poles there. I mean, obviously you're hoping that Chase Claypool would turn around here and, and move in the right direction. But Montez Sweat, man, uh, like you're talking about, he has drastically improved that pass rush. Yannick Ngakwe running through Taylor Decker early, but Montez Sweat pushing the middle of the pocket so golf can't step up. Seems like he seems like when somebody gets a sack. He's always kind of a part of it, Pat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that defense, that back end, man, they are playing 
fast and aggressive TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, Brisker, uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, Jalen Johnson, another pick, paid a man his money. It's just good to watch them play and, and win a game today. Yeah, you're right. Montez Sweat in the run game as well in that fourth and one. It looked like he got the penetration to cause the running back to bounce, and they stopped him, and they got the ball back on like the uh, the 30-yard line or whatever, and that's Montez Sweat again in a critical situation, not only affected in the passing game, but in the running game as well. I, I got to tell you, I mean, it's just a really impressive – they're now, I believe, 5-4 and four on the season, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I wish. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I got a text from a friend during the game who said – as Fields was kind of going off and running and doing his thing early, said how mad he was at the coaches for trying to make the guy a pocket passer too early. That normally you see that happen with uh, with someone like Lamar Jackson, who first they kind of let him do his thing, and then they try to develop him more as a passer, as a pocket passer, and that they they jumped to that too early with Fields. And how did they not see that to start the season? An interesting criticism, but I think if this team continues to play the way they're playing there there are going to be some really hard conversations and difficult ones in trying to figure out what is the best move going forward well well, let me ask you this then guys about that conversation if you're evaluating Justin Fields as Ryan Poles is right now how did he play today where would you grade him on his evaluation of keeping him and not drafting somebody at number one it's a good question Pat but but I have to look at everything right like like if you would ask me how I would have thought Justin Fields is going to play today against the Lions watching his last three times he played the Lions I would have told you he's gonna play like just like how he played Mm -hmm. right that's why that was a big reason why we took I took I won't speak for you but that's the big reason why I took the Bears over the Lions today right I just I just I think you have to say okay now next week guys I I don't want to break down next week's opponent before we enjoy this win right uh, where it's, it's victory Sunday and victory Monday. Yep. I want to enjoy the win, but <laughs> yes. we all know in Cleveland is the number one defense, right? Yeah. And, and so we like Justin Fields. If you look at trends, right? Trends. He plays well against the Lions. He'll play one well for two and a half games, and then the third, about the second half of the the third game, there's always a problem. So he's got to put games together here. If you're talking about whether these hard conversations are going to happen, uh, I I, th- I thought earlier in the week. I think I was on with Parkinson Spiegel. And I said, look, this game is going to be interesting because I don't mean, think it means much to the evaluation of Justin Fields. I'll tell you why. He plays good against the Lions. Right. Right? He does. So yeah. I don't know if it means much if we're talking about evaluating Justin Fields. I know it means much evaluating Eberflus and his defense and closing games. Yep. I think you can talk about that side of it. And I think that's fair. I think also um, you look at, the Browns as an opponent, you know, you're on the road. Um, we'll see how that goes when we start matching that one up. But then they got the Cardinals. Uh, then they got the Falcons both here, and they closed the season at Green Bay. So mm-hmm. there's only four more games at this point. And I don't know I don't know how they're going to do, but we will be – we're looking at them different right now because they've won not only two division games, but two in a row. And we hadn't seen them win a division game. We had not seen them win two consecutive games in the Matt Eberflus era. And now they are. And now, if depending on how they finish the season, you get into those arguments if they're showing that they are, you know, one of these teams gaining momentum at the end of the season, aiming toward next year. Yeah, and Mully, it's against two teams that had winning records at that time. That's right. a, that's another big thing. Right. You know, you're beating you're the division right. leader and the that. second and yep. the team the second in the division. So, 
yeah, that, this it just muddies the water, right? And maybe that's a, it's a good thing for the people at Hallis Hall because you know you're you're playing, you're fighting, you're coaching, uh, you're GM GMing or whatever for your job, and they're they're doing their job right now, and it's it's uh, it's making this conversation we have on this side a little bit more difficult. But like we said at the pregame, man, it's been fun to be able to talk about a team now that you believe can win, that can go out there and be competitive, uh, that you can predict a win, not just go out there and, and, and maybe you know come away with a win with turnovers or takeaways or stuff like that. But you now I feel like, okay, well, these four games left, that they, they you know maybe Cole Komet was right. They can win all five on the way out. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't, Wouldn't that be oddly interesting yes. for, uh, mm-hmm. for the season to end that fashion? All right, we know a lot of people want to check in. 312-644-6767. We're going to come back with all of your phone calls, and uh, we'll do that next on the Great Clips postgame show. It's presented by Tullamore Dew on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 and the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Golf under pressure, and Montez Sweat refused to let go. He gets the sack. After they finally get an explosive play, it's negated with a 10-yard sack. How about the power of Montez Sweat? And remember, when you're in the pocket, the quarterback, there is no horse collar rule. That's correct. So you can grab the quarterback just about anywhere you want except the face mask. Montez Sweat showing off that power. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Dew. And that sack, that sack by Montez Sweat is, of course, our hit of the game. And that is sponsored by Estwing Professional Tools, made in the USA for 100 years, Estwing.com. I don't know that it was the most violent hit of the game, but that was a huge hit in the game, and the Bears did a great job of closing things out, guys. We've got, uh, we've got full phone lines. Let's, uh, let's get out to our listeners. We'll start with Chris. Chris is in Evanston. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, just want to say uh, great job by the defense. You know, this is, I think they said they were 
number four rushing, number four passing, number six overall. They The Bears look like the playoff team today and uh, just dominated all those three and outs in the second half. Mm. Uh, we, left, we left some uh, picks on the board, but like you said, Olden, I don't know what we're waiting on. We, we got to pay Jalen Johnson. We see a guy getting ready to be in his prime if he's not already started that right now. And uh, we've seen him develop. He's been great every year. Got got to pay the guy. I don't know what we stand to lose if, if we don't. But uh, as far as Justin Fields, you take away, and it was just a boneheaded call by Dan Campbell. I don't know what he was thinking, like you guys said. we I'm pretty sure I would bet we were just trying to get them to do exactly what they did. We had no intention of running that play. And then you call a mug look with with a single high safety. I mean, that's just – on fourth and 13 at midfield, you take that play away. What did Justin Fields really accomplish today? He had some terrible throws. He had some great throws. This year three, we've got four games left. And I, I, I just would be at a loss to think that we, we're not going to take that number one pick or trade that number one pick and get a different quarterback and start over. I don't think the guy is unfixable. I just think with that pick that we have in the quarterback class, it, it just doesn't really make sense for me that he's done enough for us to keep him. Yeah, I was wondering if Chris, when you were going to get to uh, Justin Fields, because it's a good breakdown there of the game. But I wanted to always, I always look forward to uh, your breakdowns of Justin Fields after the games on Sundays or Mondays or whenever the heck he plays. Chris watches the games, man. I know that was a good yeah. breakdown of that. It looked, yeah. The uh, Bears defense, eleven takeaways, man, in three games. That is yeah. something, right? That is uh, that Tampa two at its finest when you're flying around, when you're causing problems. I know one of them. Uh, was a center quarterback exchange, but but you got to recover it, right? Mm-hmm. You take what you can get there. And um, I think right there with Chris Collin was an example of what we talked about, right? Where uh, if you're the quarterback in Chicago, you're going to feel the pressure because even after a win, even after a convincing win, people are wondering about <laughs> wondering about your job and how you played and w- uh, whether you were dominant or not dominant and how that will, uh, uh, you know, relate to playing other teams. But as far as the defense at home, uh, versus the number two, I think the Lions are still the number two ranked offense in the NFL. Uh, quite the performance for Coach Eberflus and his group. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and Justin Fields, just for the record, 18 carries. We wondered if he'd have 18. 18 for 104 yards mm-hmm. uh, with a long of 29. He had a touchdown. He also passed 16 of 23 for 169 uh, yards and he had a uh, a touchdown as well. He was sacked twice for 18 yards. It seemed like it was more. I think uh, didn't Darnell Wright get sacked at one point? Didn't count. Um, I just <laughs> felt like there were a lot of guys getting tackled in the backfield at different points. There was a lot of big men carrying the football today. Yeah. I loved it. Darnell mm. <laughs> Wright was. I mean, that's a dream come true, man. Yeah. Going to the house there, right? <laughs> But but uh, this is what Justin. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the numbers, Pat. But I think that's pretty much what he's been doing against the Lions. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much his numbers. Uh, the last four times they played the Detroit Lions. So uh, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. But this game was, the, the, you know, they did what they had to do. Right where they started with that DJ Moore touchdown. Oh, uh, you know, from 16 yards out, where he was the Wildcat and. My guy, my guy, Trent Taylor, one-on-one block on Anzalone, <laughs> right? Just really. Your favorite punt returner in the entire NFL. Punt I love returner. that guy. Can't, 
can't find a, a sideline fast enough sometimes, but that's all right. Um, but it's just they, 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 and then like you're saying, Molly, like it's all of a sudden it's 13 to 10, and you're thinking, here we go, uh -huh. right? Oh, here we go again. It's awful. Man. And, yeah. But but they come out, they stop them. Uh, the the offense goes on a nice long drive and ties the game up, and we're right back in it again. And the defense just keeps getting off the field. Then the offense got a touchdown one or two drives later. And just uh, and from then on, it was all Bears. The, the Lions offense didn't do anything the whole second half. And ignore the numbers I just read because they're from the first meeting. <laughs> See? The box score's same, not right? out yet. Yeah. How idiotic was that? I just noticed. I'm like, what? How could he have 18 carries? Oh, yeah, he had 12, I though. I think, he had 12 I think carries. It'll be the same. Yeah, I think it'll be the same. He had, he had yeah. double he had double digit carries. I mean, that's that's you know I think that's uh, probably the number you're looking at, right? When you get up to double digit. I'm but I do got the Lions. I'm ruining the show. I'm ruining the <laughs> no, show, and I apologize. <laughs> well, we got listeners all. on the text line keeping us keeping us correct. They always are. <laughs> are they coming for yeah. me? Good. Let's try David. He's in Old Town. Hi, David. Hey guys, uh, was at the game today. Um, you know, big time performances by our young defenders. You're, you're, you're watching Jaquan Brisker and you're watching Gervon Dexter really grow in front of our very eyes. You know, so you got you got you do have to give credit where it's due for for the, their development. Um, so let's you know let's give some love to Matt Eberflus because this defense has been playing really really well lately. Now on the offensive side of the ball, Justin Fields. You know, I, I thought it was a solid performance. You know, can he take his game to the next level here in Chicago or will it be in Atlanta or Oakland next year? I don't know. We go into Cleveland next week. Best defense in football. Does this present a legacy game for Justin Fields? I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's, it's an opportunity, right? I think this mm -hmm. is one maybe you, you put a little magnifying glass on it. Hopefully the O-line can play well against this uh, – Pretty good Cleveland Browns defensive front, but I think this is one you really have to. It's funny we're already jumping there already after a win. We should be celebrating the win, but yeah, I think next week will be something that we. I will. I'll put a little bit more of a of a of a, a weight on that. Just uh, <coughs> judging Justin Fields against the number one defense in the NFL. Yeah, if we we're just we talked about earlier, right? If we're just talking about Justin Fields today, nothing that happened today uh, swayed me at all. But I don't think anything could have happened in this game. That, that really would have swayed mm -hmm. me about if we're talking about whether we're keeping the quarterback or mm -hmm. not and looking at his trends and the way he plays against certain teams and when I'm actually looking to be convinced that he is our quarterback. I don't think that was today's game at all. But I, but I do think uh, that the culture at Hallis Hall, with all they've been through all year and all we've talked about, deserves a little bit of credit, right? With, with them losing their D coordinator, running back coach, uh, never winning two games in a row, Coach Eberflus accomplishes that today. You guys talked about, Pat talked about, Two winning teams, both in NFC North. Uh, the NFC North leading Lions come to town, and you beat them pretty handily, right? It wasn't like it was a close game. Uh, they beat them pretty bad. So uh, uh, credit goes to where it's due, and this, this offensive line is getting better. Uh, DJ Moore was dominant when, when the defense, the Lions defense had to go to man to make a play. And we talked about in the game, when they had, in pregame, when they had to do that, who would they have covering DJ Moore? And you see they tried even tried Kendall Vildor at one time, and D.J. Moore came down with the ball. So the Bears are getting better. They are getting more talented, and I think that's why we picked them going into the game to beat this Lions team. It, it is uh, – it, it's really interesting because, you know, I don't know if games weigh more at the end of the year. I don't know the situation other teams are in as you move forward. But it looks like however he managed to do it, uh, the, the coach did keep – 
this team from falling apart after the last loss to the Lions. And that is a laudable thing to have achieved because that felt pretty low when that happened. And it, and it speaks to the character in the locker room and it speaks to, you know, just the ability to to communicate with guys. But we did not see this team quit when it had a chance to earlier in the year. Yeah, I, I, I do think there is weight on this. If you look at even the Detroit Lions because they were in the similar – they were similar last year, right? They were struggling, then went on to win, and then now they're leading our division. I'm, I think they'll end up winning the division, but you hope that's the trend of the Bears. You hope if they do keep Eberflus that he can continue doing that and build this into what the Lions have become this season. Uh, so I, I, I do put weight on it, but we have four games to go. And I remember Dan Pompey, and I don't mean to pick on Dan, but he thought the Lions were going to win, the Bears were going to lose, that, they, that everybody was going to come back to the middle and be who they are. Well, it flipped. It completely flipped. You know, the Bears right. played like the division leaders and the Lions played like the Bears. So that's credit to Ryan. That's credit to Matt Eberflus and his staff and, and getting this team to play better and going out there and producing. Yeah, let's and try. Like Molly's yep. talking about. I was going, Molly. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, Owen. No, I say like you're talking about Molly, like pretty low point out there in Detroit, especially especially what yep. what has already happened in Denver, what's already happened through the whole year, and then they come back and they just continue to improve. Yeah, it, it's really – it's impressive, if if nothing else. And, I mean, you know, Matt Eberflus has done a good enough job as a defensive coordinator to, you know, remain in the NFL and, and kind of show you why he was hired. Uh, but that that would be something I would uh, take into account when the final decisions are made. Let's try Michael. Michael's on the south side. Yeah, I've got a couple of points. Uh, one was the, the acquisition of Sweat was was huge. It's huge. They, they, all of a sudden, they can get home now. He get, they're getting home. And you think about the last four games of the season, right? All of them are outdoors, right? All of them are outdoors. And you're playing pretty much backup quarterbacks other than uh, Green Bay. And 9-8 probably will get you a, that last wild card spot. Who's to say that this season is over? This season is not over. I, I like it, Michael. Hopefully they're believing that in the locker room. You know, Cole Komet talked about it. This is this was probably the hardest step to get there, right, to beat Detroit. Maybe Cleveland with their defense, but I'm not sure about their offense. I'm looking forward to watching that tape next week. But, you know, they, they took a step. And if you start believing, Olin, you know better than anybody, they start rolling. They start adding up, mm-hmm. and you start believing. You get a little bit more confidence. Um, I've got no problem if the Bears start talking that way. I, hopefully they do, right? Hopefully that locker room does believe that, and they continue – Stacking these wins, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what Bears fans, are they more like Michael or are they more like other people that are a little more pessimistic about this team? Yeah, and like Michael said, man, since the signing of Montez Sweat, guys are starting to get home, right? Whether it be uh, Yannick Ngakwe, whether it be Javon Dexter, whether it be Justin Jones, uh, you know, Montez Sweat just, he brings another element to the Chicago Bears defense that that, that everyone knew was lacking when you watch the defense play. Uh, we thought the secondary, the back end, the back seven were good. It just needed someone to put a little pressure on that quarterback, and sure enough, they have. Now, as far as uh, the Chicago Bears moving on, moving forward, I, I actually think their hardest game would be in Green Bay, right? That's mm-hmm. that, like yes. we always talk about. Yes. Matchups, yeah. matchups are everything, yeah. right? And that defensive line in Green Bay, that offensive line Green Bay has, uh, that that would be a tough matchup. But man, what what? How, how great would it be, guys, to be watching the last week? And they got to go either Green Bay's in the playoffs or they are, right? Like, <laughs> uh, that's the game we hope for, right? That is That would be the dream yeah. come true as guys who analyze the Chicago Bears and still have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, that would be everything you would want 
from this team and then talk about finding ways to evaluate people, right? To evaluate your quarterback, mm. to evaluate your head coach. A game like that would be Ryan Pose's dream, right? Sure. Ryan Pose and Kevin Warren. That would be their dream if they got to that. I've been wanting to ask you this, Olin, because I find it kind of like a really interesting idea that generally speaking, when people look at the NFL draft, they believe that the the first three picks will be, you know, two quarterbacks either sandwiching uh, the wide receiver or the wide receiver third. Um, and then there are a couple of offensive tackles. If the Bears were in the top five, you would you would think that getting a left tackle would make sense just because mm -hmm. you're sitting in a position where usually if you draft one of those guys in the top five and you you kind of do take into account you know what the what the draft position is for players but those are the kind of players that start for 10 years have you seen Braxton Jones play well enough to make mm -hmm. you believe that uh, that you wouldn't have a need for an offensive tackle? If you are sitting in the top five in the, in the um, in the draft, as opposed to what looks like now, maybe that's a top ten pick, but maybe not as high in the draft as we imagined. Yeah, I think when you're in the top five, you take the, your best player on your board, right? Because you're taking right. all guys who can change your franchise. Now it all depends on which direction the Chicago Bears go in, right? What what do they what do they keep Justin Fields or do they take a quarterback? What 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 are we doing? at that position because I'll be honest with you I think if you're keeping Justin Fields I think if you want a left tackle I personally think I would trade one of those high picks for a guy like Tristan Wirfs in Tampa Bay hmm. or to try to get somebody who's already established in the NFL I can't guess if I'm keeping my quarterback I can't guess at my left tackle spot anymore and I don't know about I know the Penn State uh, left tackle is a highly rated guy I don't know about the left tackles in college this year, but if you have a guy, guys, and I'll just throw a name out there, right, Pat, like Orlando Pace, mm -hmm. like he can't miss, right? If you have a can't miss left tackle out there yep. uh, in the top five, Mully, then yeah, I, I, I don't think Braxton's played good enough to not take a can't miss left tackle. Right. I don't know if there's a guy like this in like that in this draft. Yeah, and Molly, I'm just a believer too that there's cornerstone positions on teams, right? Everybody know knows quarterback. Yes, but you you need a stud left tackle. You need a stud corner, and you need a stud pass rusher. To me, Braxton Jones has not set himself up to be a, a top cornerstone tackle in the NFL. So that, I think that's a position you're always going to evaluate while he's playing at his level. You know, you go go out and get a Trent Williams, a guy like that at that level like the, the 49ers have, You that's a position that I think you're always looking to upgrade unless you do get lucky and, and draft a Walter Jones, like Orlando Pace, a guy like that. Now, I will say I, the only the only play, place I kind of disagree with Pat there, and he's mm -hmm. right about the left tackle, is you just need a, you need a stud tackle, yeah. right? Yep. You need right. like Lane Johnson yep. at the Eagles, and hopefully Darnell Wright can be that guy for the Chicago Bears, right? So hopefully you already have your stud shutdown tackle, and he did pretty good again against Aiden Hutchinson today. So if you think you have that one tackle who shuts guys down and you can help the other side, then you can put resources somewhere else. Gotcha. All right, we'll be, uh, we'll be right back with your phone calls. You're listening to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore, Tullamore, Tullamore Do. And, uh, and we'll be right back here on The Score. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. 
Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Fields rolling out. Justin Fields. His eyes are on the end zone. He's in. Touchdown, Bears. Just his second rushing touchdown of the season, his first since week two. Well, you're going to see it. You're going to run a game here, and we don't get back to the outside. So everybody gets trapped on the inside. Here goes Hutchinson inside, creates that opening, and then Justin Fields and that speed and athleticism just crossing over the goal line. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mully from the Mully and Haw Show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. It is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Dew. And we do have the great Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, the Iron Man, and of course, I am Mully. You can hear me on the morning show. Um, not quite as special as these guys and never claimed to be. So let's get that out of the way, for God's sake. No one named anything after me. we got to get the Mully going. Mully soon. Yeah. Yeah. The Mully yeah. Award it's soon. The, the biggest goon radio guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's try Tony. Tony is on the road. Hey, Tony. Well, oh, Mully, at least you know where you stand, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm reminded. <laughs> so... Hey, um, you know, I've been listening to score all year and sometimes upsettingly. But, you know, coming into the season, everyone talked about how bad the Bears were, how many holes there were to fill, and everyone's looking for improvement. Well, they have improved. I didn't think the offensive line played particularly well today. And Fields made some really good throws, but then he makes a throw like he did to where DJ Moore was wide open, which could help seal the game, so that's kind of frustrating. But things have improved. So, Olin and Pat, my question to you is if you're in the locker room right now as a player, the reporter comes up to you and says, hey, you know, they're, they're probably going to get rid of Matt Eberflus at the end of the year. You know, what, what's, what's your reaction? Because the coach is not just about offense. You could get a new offensive coordinator. He's brought the defense to a really great level, and the team is playing with enthusiasm, confidence, and they're gelling. So what would you say to reporters when they say that to you? Take it, Olin. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a great question, right, about their improved. They have improved, and it's a great point. And that's why um, I think we try to be fair, right, Pat? We mm-hmm. try to just watch the film and say what we see on film. And, yes. and that's why we said before this game that, the line, that we thought the Bears would win because that was what the film said, right? We mm-hmm. tried to take emotion out of it and just say, okay, this is the way this guy is playing. This is the way they match up. And really, that's why we're talking about going into the game. It felt good to say that, right? Mm-hmm. It felt good to be positive about the Chicago Bears and the way they look on film and the direction they're moving in and people getting better. And, and as a player, uh, if they ask you about any coach, 
You you say yes, like you want them here. You love playing for them because that probably is true, right? And it's not your job to talk about whether a coach should stay or should you go. And you realize in the NFL, you really have no say on that stuff anyway, right, Pat? You really have no say on uh, waiting in that kind of water anyway. And you probably do love playing for Coach Eberflus and the way he's got this team moving in the right direction because all you can do, Pat, is look at the game and yeah. say, okay, how are they playing? Are they playing hard or are they not? And sure. they're playing hard. Sure. Olin, I could just hear you right now, like being a couple lockers down. You're just going, that's a dumb question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would never say that to Molly them when they were talking to me. Oh, never. never. I never heard that. I never no, heard that. Never. Olin, you would never <laughs> accept a question like that. I mean, it, no one would ask you a question like that. And the same thing with you, Pat. If it's, they did, they would deserve a Molly. It's not yeah. sure. Yeah, you win a mully for the dumbest question. Yeah, but it's it is. It's not your purview. No, it's not no. something you can control as a player. And it's like, a, I mean, you you want to know what a good story would be? You got like six guys saying, "Hey, fire the damn coach." That okay? Now you're talking. If there mm-hmm. was that sort of of undercurrent, but there's nothing like that going on, and there's nothing like that allowed in NFL locker rooms. It's not very often that you hear people complain about whether they're being used correctly, et cetera. And if they're no good and they do that, guess what? Find out where Chase Claypool's living life. I yeah. guess he's doing well in Miami. And, and even last year, guys, I know it was a bunch of different guys and younger guys and guys that were kind of, you know, fringe players. They never said anything about Eberflus when they were no. terrible. So that, no. that says a lot about, you know, the man as a head coach and a leader in that, in that building that they respect him and they like him. So if you're not hearing a, a single word even back then – when it was as bad as it can get, you know, you're not going to hear anything now about, you know, firing or agreeing, saying, yeah, I'd like to see him go. Let's try uh, Terrell. He's on the west side. Hey, Terrell. Don't tell me we lost Terrell. Terrell, you there? <sighs> That's my fault. I guess I didn't get to him quick enough. Uh, <laughs> I believe we have uh, Andy, though. Is Andy there? Again, this is on me. I'm sure Steven is with us. Steven. Oh, we got Andy. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I moved too you got quickly, me. Andy. How you, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Hey, uh, can I – if you don't mind me switching topics to a different player, um, what, uh, what status of health do you think Khalil Herbert is? Because ever since he came back from the injury, and I get it, he's probably not 100%, but he just, he just kind of hasn't been a, a factor in the offense. And the start of the season, and even going back to last year, a great running threat and a great passing threat as a running back. I'll hang up and just uh, listen to uh, your guys' discussion. I'll give you just my speculation. Uh, he had a high ankle sprain, right? Yes. That, yeah. That, that's just a that's a terrible injury. injury. And being a running back, I just think you know that, that that might be hard to come back from. And from what I see on tape and watching him today, he doesn't look as explosive as he's been in the past. I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying the, a high ankle sprain is just – it takes a while to come back from. Every time you just kind of tweak it a little bit, it almost goes back to ground zero. Uh, but, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on, but that, that would just be my speculation. Yeah, that's a great point by Andy and you, Pat, because when you watch him, you, you first thing you think is, what's wrong with Khalil Herbert? And, in, and yeah. like you're saying, uh, if anybody's had ever had a mm-hmm. high ankle sprain to try to play with it, Gosh, I couldn't imagine being a running back no. and trying to play uh, through a high ankle sprain. And the thing is just, it's almost like your ankle, it just doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that extension, that triple extension. You can't push off of it. So it does look like he's lost 
a little bit of his explosive speed, get to the hole, and, and that, that'll make you lose your confidence. And, and Pat, me and you know, uh, you put on those shoes, you got to wear a soldier field this time of the year. That ain't the most friendly surface to be moving around on if you're injured. Yep. And, and I think it's a fair comment based on the lack of explosiveness, right? I mm-hmm. mean, when he was uh, in previous seasons, you'd see him be a lot more explosive than he is these days. So I think that's a, a fair kind of, um, of, of way of assessing him. Um, and I don't know, you know, Deontay Foreman has kind of won that job and been – really good and how about that play where he tried to uh jump over a guy that's <laughs> crazy man well that you want to see that from your running back right oh you don't of course. Want to, you want to see the guy trying to get some extra yards i'm also a believer now in the nfl that there are times to step out of bounds don't take that big hit but he was just trying to extend the play a little bit and um i i, I like that i like to see that from him he's a tough runner and I, that's he's a, he's a joy to watch when he has the ball in his hands yeah, we, we asked Grody, right, in pregame. We're like, oh, who's starting at running back today? Just because you thought it should be Foreman. It should be Foreman playing there. And I think there was one drive there. Uh, they took a field goal, I think, on that drive. And you're wondering, where the hell's Foreman? Because Khalil Herbert was in the game, and he just doesn't look good uh, running the ball right now. And as Molly pointed out, Foreman, is, you know, I know he was injured, but you think he's earned the right to be the starting running back. And sure enough, they did start him today, which tells you, a little bit all you need to know about where Herbert is injury-wise, probably. Yeah, and um, and for some reason, they had three different carries for uh, for, for the, the wide receiver. We have not seen him carry the football, and, and they've run some of those weird reverses and stuff, and for the first time, we really got a chance to see uh, D.J. Moore carrying the football. Olin, I don't know about you, but I thought that was a, a good bye week call, right? That the, the coaches have extra time to draw stuff up, and I think everybody's eyes went to Justin Fields, like what's he going to do out there? Because he is a weapon. You know, how are they going to run this from this formation? The next thing you know, he's the reverse guy, and you see all the eyes go to him and the DJ Moore, and they blocked it up really well too. But it was able to walk in. I, I thought that was a a good bye week dial up. I'm guessing that'd be my guess that they spent the extra time in the office coming up with some plays and, and put that one in. Yeah, I think that's. Probably Coach Eberflus going to get in and saying we got to get the ball in this guy's hands more, right? We got to get him the football. He is our best player on offense. Let's find a way to get just get the ball in his hands. And even on uh, the fourth and short guys that you didn't like, right? The uh, fake, I think it was a fake dive flip yes. to DJ Moore. He ran over the first tackler, right? He yeah, ran right, right at him. Right. I mean, this is this guy is a tough football player. He's hard to bring down. You got to find ways to get balls in his hands. Now it, you see when the Chicago Bears get themselves into a situation where the, the defense gets desperate and they have to play man and they have to blitz the quarterback to make something happen. He's the guy, mm-hmm. right? That's what happened uh, towards the game wore on. Uh, DJ Moore started finding himself in one-on-one coverage and he was getting open. So it was just, it was just fun to watch uh, him play that game, get the ball in his hands, little wildcat, a uh, little touchdown there. I think that was right after you were like, man, Justin Fields didn't just fumble again, but I think he was down, right? And Braxton Jones uh, jumped yeah. on the ball, but it was right after that, uh, all of a sudden, you know, and, and I, I'm an offensive lineman, and, and, and I'm, you know, I want to run the ball in the A-gap every damn play. And, you know, <laughs> Justin Fields splits out, and DJ Mill goes to receiver, and I'm the guy yelling, no, yes, 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 <laughs> touchdown, right? And then I said, I knew it the whole time, yeah, but right. it was awesome. Yeah. But to go back to you, you were talking about, you know, Iberflus saying we need to get the ball to him. I mean, he had 10 targets in the passing game and three in the run game. I'd take it every game, him trying to get, get the ball to him 13 times. I mean, that's your – your best offensive weapon besides Justin Field and his legs, but I, it's it's smart to see them. I, I'm glad to see them 
kind of adjust their game plan to that to make sure that they're trying to get at the ball in their best you know playmakers hands all right, 312-644-6767 is the number. It's the Great Clips post-game show presented by Telemore Dew. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 